Good morning, folks. I don't know how good this is going to be. We're going to try it anyway. The sound of the Bible, the sound of the Holy Word, the words of the prophets, and the saying of our Lord. All the other books you'll find, there's none salvation told. Get the dust off the Bible and redeem your poor soul. Every friend is right to hop along life way. Just tell him that God looks and shows the mortal way. The best advice to give to him will make his heart his light. It's a dust the family Bible, heard you wrong from the right. Dust on the Bible, dust on the holy words, the words of the prophets, and the saying of our Lord. All the other books you find, there's no salvation in hope. Get the dust off the Bible, and redeem your poor soul. I went into your home one day to see some friends of mine. Of all the books and magazines, not a Bible could I find. I asked them for a Bible, but they brought what I had shame. The dust was covered over it, not a fingerprint was plain. You can read your magazine, read the love and tragic things. Not one word of scripture, not one verse do you know. When it's good for very truth, and the content's good for you, dust on the Bible will be your foretold. Dust on the Bible, dust on the holy word, words of the prophets, and the saying of our Lord.
guys get fired up. So just so uh, Bill and Hannah know, last week I did tell everybody we got beat by 11-year-old fishing. So you weren't here, but I did confess that, that Wilbur beat us up pretty good. And just on a side note about Father's hand, Bill and I talked about when we were growing up, there was a belt in my daddy's hands and there was a surge strap in his daddy's hands. So, But we deserved all of that, didn't we? We deserved that. So the Lord's put it on my heart the last couple of weeks to really start hitting God's promises to us. And um, just a little background, let you know how important that is to my family. Alan will tell you, I get to tell him stories sometimes on a golf course, and I'll say something, and he'll go, oh, pastors shouldn't lie. Well, the trick in my family is when you say something, if you say, do you promise, whatever joke you're playing stops immediately, that word promise in my family means total truth. So I guess maybe that's why it's important to me, however long he takes me through this, is for us to listen to God's promises, right? So there's no, there's no joke in here. There's nothing, nothing but truth. These promises are a covenant between God and his children. So, of course, last week, if you remember, the promise was he will deliver us, right? That he promises to deliver us. The title to this morning's message, The Promise from God, from Christ himself, is I am with you always. I am with you always. Last week we, we talked about the uh, similarity between God's creation of the world and God's creation of humankind. We agreed that 
Just like the earth, that mankind, we were formless and void before that Holy Spirit moved into our lives. We read some of God's promises in Psalm 91. He said, those who love me, I will deliver. And I love saying that. I might deliver. I could deliver. I'll think about delivering his promises. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I'm going to throw something in here on the side, if you don't mind. This morning, I went for my walk, and just to be a little personal, I've been struggling with some stuff lately. There's a lot of prayer requests. There's a lot of deaths. been doing a lot of funeral. And, you know, pastors, we start, we start slipping. We start going through a, a, like a minor depression stage. So, so I've been going through some stuff, but just like all of us have the last couple of weeks and this morning. But every day I'm moaning and groaning to God, going, you know, forgive me for this feeling. I, I just felt so convicted, but I keep asking for forgiveness for the same thing over and over and over and over. Lord, forgive me. It's, it's just tearing my heart apart. I can't take it. And this morning, I'm telling you, Claire Isabel, I heard these words. Do you love me? And I started crying walking around the fire departments on camera because they film it. I started crying because those are the exact same words that Jesus Christ himself said to Peter. When Peter was suffering with that guilt, when he was suffering with the humiliation of of turning his back on Jesus Christ, that's how he got him back. That's how he told him, it's okay. By asking him, do you love me? Well, the answer is yes. And I answered that today and I said yes. And I'm telling you, I'm walking with a a giddy up in my hitty up or whatever they call it down around here. I am so fired up because he cleansed me. Right? The enemy just kept bringing it into my mind. One question, do you love me? So if you're going through some stuff this week, listen for those words and then answer him. And honestly, it'll take everything else away. So, last week we made a pact. Remember, we, we, we made an oath together to stand on the promises of God together as a family. That we'd stand on those promises as a body of Christ. Because when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we talk about it all the time. God set us apart, did he not? He set us aside from the world. He separated the light from darkness in each one of our lives. But with that, brothers and sisters, comes a responsibility. Responsibility which includes witnessing to other people. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, of course, comes from Jesus Christ himself. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This means that as we interact with people, as we get into people's lives, we give them Jesus. Right? We give them Christ when we interact with them. When the rest of the world judges and condemns, we offer them love. And grace, that same love and grace that Christ offers each one of us. We don't see color. We don't see money. We don't see family history, tattoos, piercings, or anything else physical. We need to see Jesus when we see people. And I've said it a million times. My prayer is that people will see Jesus when they look at us. Amen? Amen. This means that when the world offers hate, we offer love. When the world offers retaliation... We offer forgiveness. When the world offers Satan, and they're doing it mightily lately. But when the world offers Satan, brothers and sisters, we offer the world Jesus Christ. But we can't 
change other people until we change ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Everything, everything has become new. We've all learned that we can't make a difference without Jesus. All we have to do is remember who we were before we accepted Christ, how we acted, what our priorities were before Jesus. Just like the world, our priorities focused on things like our jobs. Our priority was money or possessions. Got to get a bigger truck, got to get a bigger side-by-side, got to get a bigger boat. Right? We're worried about possessions. And sometimes we're worried about our status, our status in the community or at work. At one time, we actually believed. We were foolishly believing that there was hope in the world and that there was hope in these, these toys that we had. But at some point, each of us discovered that there is no hope in this world. There is no hope outside of Jesus Christ himself. That sacrifice he made for us makes the difference. Psalm 135, or 130, verse 5 We read it this morning. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Not CNN, not MSNBC, not Fox News, not the teachers in school, not your boss, not the people down at the gas station. In his word, I hope. Our very souls wait for the Lord. And in his word, I hope. Our faith needs to be in Jesus, amen, not in this troubled world. But we have to have faith. Faith is believing in things we can't see, like like maybe those scars that Jesus still bears from that sacrifice on the cross. Those very same scars that Thomas demanded to see before he would believe. John 20, 25, uh, Thomas said, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Complete lack of faith in what Christ has taught them. But remember what Jesus told him after showing him the scars. In verse 29, Jesus said to him, Hey, do you believe because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We are to have faith even when we can't see what we're believing on. We're to have faith even when we can't see what we're praying for. When we place money in the collection plate, we're giving in faith, believing. Believing in faith that God is going to reward us, not just as individuals, but as a church body. We don't wait for God to show us the increase before we give. We give first, and then we expect that increase. We don't wait for healing to take place before we believe he'll heal us. We believe we're going to be healed, and then we expect to be healed. We have faith when we pray for our salvation. Obviously, we can't wait to get get to heaven to make that prayer like some religions teach. We have to make that decision to, to accept Christ while we're in these tents, while we're in these bodies. So we pray a prayer of salvation, and then we expect to be saved. That is faith. 
We had faith when we prayed for our church to grow. Amen? We had faith when there were six people sitting in these pews at one time. We didn't wait for the church to double in size before we believed we were going to increase. That's not faith. That's fact. We prayed for the increase, and then we remained obedient to God's word, and we did his work inside these four walls, and we did the work outside those four walls. And look at us today. Look around. We had faith in this long before it came to fruition. If what we do falls into God's will, I'm telling you, nothing and no one can stop us from growing. Nothing and no one can stop us from making a difference in this community as we do God's kingdom work. Amen. I always like to have confirmation. Don't you shush me. I'm getting paid for this. All right. Man. Talk a minute. Coming up in the front row and he causes all this trouble. Matthew 28, verse 20 ends with that comforting promise. This is a promise. Christ says, and remember, I am with you always. I am with you always to the end of the age. Yes, even in the, even in the midst of our trials and tribulations, we're called to remember Christ's promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. In the midst of Sickness, even in the mixed midst of death, we're called to remember Christ's promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. In the midst of marriage problems or family problems, we're called to remember Christ's promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. When we suffer periods of isolation and loneliness and depression, we're called to remember Christ's promise, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. Those are the words that every Christian should place their hope in, not a world that seemed to go off that it didn't seem. It's gone off the deep end. That's not where our hope is. Our hope is in Christ's words, that I am with you always. Christ promises to be with us always, to be with us through all things. And we must believe in faith that it's true. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We are to believe the promises of God, and we are to live accordingly. We are to agree with the truth of God's word, and then allow ourselves to be transformed by it. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. God will continue to equip us as individuals. He will continue to equip us as a body if we remain in prayer in obedience to his word. But we have to have faith that he is with us always. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place uh, that he was to receive an inheritance. And he set out in faith, not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham received the power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. By faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up his son. By faith, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked to Jesus. 
When a centurion approached Jesus and asked him to heal his servant in faith, he said, only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And what did Christ say? I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He told that centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. When a woman who bled for 12 years touched the hem of Jesus' garment in faith, knowing she would be healed and the blood would stop, Jesus said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. We're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. But it will be impossible if we lack faith ourselves. So we begin by increasing our faith it's like my favorite air, airplane story that I've told a hundred times, and I'm going to tell it again. If you get on an airplane, you're making a trip. When they start doing the safety briefing, the uh, whatever flight attendants, I'm going to be politically correct, the flight attendants instruct you that if, if the oxygen mask comes down, you are to put that on yourself first, right? Because if you worry about putting it on your kids or, or you know, the person next to you instead of yourself, what happens? You weaken, right? And now you can't help anybody if you're weak, right? So the same thing happens with our faith. If our faith is weak, how do we increase somebody else's faith? We have to take care of ourselves first. I've had many conversations with family members, with friends, and even church members who tell me they're trying to believe, but they lack faith. I've seen it in areas of healing and finances, relationships. That list goes on and on. But I've asked this before. If, if we don't have the faith to believe in healing, why are we wasting our time praying? Why do we have a prayer chain? Why do we have a prayer list? No. We go into prayer expecting to be healed, expecting for an answer. Now, we know that that healing may be that they bring him or her back, back home to heaven. We understand that. But in faith, we trust God has a plan. And I'll give you an answer to prayer real quick. So, so Craig... We had two emergency texts go out about Craig. Uh, I won't do a last name, but um, he left the hospital against medical advice. He went home to die. I rushed to the hospital before he left, and, and I'm telling you, he was a mess. His eyes were all crazy. He, he was just, his mom died in the same fashion, the same sequence, and he knew he was going to die. And, and, you know, we, we prayed. I anointed him with oil, and I got right on with a, with a prayer chain, and I said, we need to step up the prayers. I called him last night. He's a new man strong. I'm like, who is this? Put Craig on the, on the phone. He goes, Pastor, I'm healed. It's going to take a while to get, you know, for the body to catch up. But here was a man who was talking in perfect sentences who, no, I didn't see his eyes over the phone, but I'm telling you, prayer. We prayed in faith. Otherwise, why waste your time? Oh, Lord, let's heal everybody. We must have faith. We must increase our faith. How do we do that? We start going, we start by going to the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. We pray to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, increase my faith. Help me to increase my faith so that I can help others increase theirs. And then we go to the Bible, and in the back of most Bibles, there's an index. Look up the word faith and start reading Scripture on faith. Everybody in the Bible struggled at one point or another with faith. Get in there and learn it. Get in there and read it. Get in there and ingest it. Put it into your hearts. Can you imagine David approaching Goliath? Without faith? Mark 9 tells the story of the young boy the disciples couldn't heal. 
22 through 24. It starts with the father addressing Jesus. He said, this cracks me up, but he said, if you're able to do anything, telling the Lord, if you're able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. My wife will tell you, I've prayed that a bazillion times. I believe, I certainly believe, but help me with my unbelief. We all face times where we need help with our unbelief. But in this story, see, the father already had faith or he wouldn't have come to Christ. He just needed that boost. He needed more faith. And so it goes the same with us. We're all at different levels in our walk with Christ. We're all at different places in our Christian walk. All of our goal, I hope, is to become more Christ-like. And now we're going to add that to increase our faith level. Jesus said, for truly I tell you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. We know that the mustard seed is one of the tiniest seeds found in the Middle East. So obviously the conclusion is that that amount of faith needed to do great things is very small. But it must be there. We must have faith. My prayer this week is that each of us prays for that increase in faith. And then we put it into action in our lives and in the, in the lives of everyone we encounter. You know, imagine we pray over a lot of people. We, this is a church that lays hands on people. Could you imagine somebody come up and go on, yeah, Lord, we're hoping for a healing. We, we're, you know, this might work out. We hope that she stops sneezing or having heart issues. How confident would you? Get your hands off me. Bring somebody up here that's going to pray over me in faith. That's not what we need. We need people that are confident and believe in the promise of God. Our church is growing. And I thank God for that every single day. But see, the problem is we're not called to go ye and make church members. We're called to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So when you get up tomorrow, remember Christ's promise, I am with you always to the end of age. Then put on that oxygen mask, that oxygen mask of faith, and go give Jesus to the world. A world that needs hope. A world that's been fooled. A world that's been lied to. A world that's doing the same things we did before we came to Christ. Don't judge them. Love them. So let's go out this week and create those disciples as Christ commands us to. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today with a heart of thanksgiving for all fathers and those filling in as fathers. Work in them, O oh Lord, to be who you want them to be. Whether they've been good or bad fathers, may we find it in our hearts to forgive them because no one is perfect. You always have a reason for creating families the way they are. And every father in every household has been placed there according to your will. We pray for all single fathers out there. We thank you for their strength, their perseverance and love to raise their children 
despite the difficulty they faced in parenthood. We ask that God bless them with wisdom, discernment, protection for their health, and faith in you to become even better fathers for their children. We pray for the distant fathers who've been alienated from their children because of their jobs or due to other circumstances. Father, change them. Allow them to see how they can build a healthy relationship with their children. Remove all barriers that prevent their union, Lord. We pray for fathers that are serving on the front lines and ask that your sovereign hand be upon them and protect them from all things that may harm or threaten their lives. Grant them the chance to reunite with their families one day. We pray for all soon-to-be dads or new dads. May they grow to become more and more Christ-like each day, leading their household to draw closer to you. Remove all fear, remove all worries they have about fatherhood, and let them focus on your faithfulness and providence for them. We pray for all those women who are called to serve dual roles as mother and father, grandma and father, aunt and father, and even sister and father. We thank you for the incredible love in their hearts and ask you to give them supernatural strength as they raise, lead, and guide children to become the best they can be. We pray that all fathers will follow in your footsteps, God, for you are a good, good father and our greatest role model. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Amen. I had faith. All right, I'm going to ask my partner Cole Train to walk around with a uh, <coughs> basket there. If you have three by five cards, if you would please put them in there so we can pray over them. My rat guy, that's why I call him Cole Train. <laughs> What is a home warranty? It's a one-year service plan. It's survival! <laughs> Alright, so for those of you who are new, I just want to give you a brief rundown of what we're doing here. Uh, months ago, the church decided that we wanted to take scripture and put it on 3 by 5 cards, and then uh, kind of make a process out of it to get, to get into the Bible, to get the Word uh, into our hearts and into our minds. And my promise was that if we prayed for the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would guide us when we pick these cards and whatever we're going through in our life, whatever we needed, uh, you know, going on, it could be sickness, could be uh, just our faith level to be increased. I had promised that people are going to reach in here if they have faith, you're going to get a card that you just needed. And, well, what a coincidence, right? And uh, when we first started, we had some nice testimonies that, and I had phone calls going, I can't believe I took that card. And some people even say to me, including my bride one time, she said, oh my goodness, I can't keep this card. I'm the one that wrote it. And I said, don't put it back. <laughs> right? The Holy Spirit might have led you to, to write it, but it's also, it was for you. So what we do here is we write them down. We ask you to take, uh, we're missing some. So today I think we'll take three of these if we can. And we ask you to take them home and read the card and to pray over the cards and to, to read it throughout the day more than once. Just read it as often as you can. And just kind of get it into there and pray to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him why this card, or thank Him if it answers some prayer that you've had. So what we're going to do now is if you're comfortable, just raise your hands in the air. We're just going to ask for an anointing on Scott and God's Word. So God, we thank you for your written Word. We thank you for loving us enough to have all this in writing. This isn't our writing, Father God. This is through the Holy Spirit. So I would just pray, Lord, that those who receive these cards, they think, Whatever it is, they find healing, they find confidence, you know, they find hope. Whatever it may be, Lord, we put it in the hands of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go about your week, look for Jesus. Look for Christ. Seek him as a treasure in this great wide world. Seek him in the eyes of your loved one. Look for him in the eyes of strangers. And then may your heart burn within you as the Lord draws you closer and closer to him. And now receive the benediction. And now go from this place surrounded by the steady and love of God, so that in the face of trials, adversaries, and bullies, you'll remember that the Lord who has redeemed you every time before will do so again. Go in strength and faith to serve our Father God. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless each and every one of you. Please stay safe. Please stay in his word. And please stay connected to the well. This is our marching out song, but don't be marching out yet. Please join us in fellowship downstairs after. Yes, thank you. Fellowship downstairs after. <coughs>
tonight. All right, let's go eat. Have we got food? Hoorah! Hoorah! There it is. <laughs>